Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. We're taking a close look at the Psalms and uh, we're seeing what God reveals about himself to us in the days in which we live today, Colin. And uh, you're, you're just overwhelmed by these psalms and the promises in them, aren't you? Yes, I, well, I'm overwhelmed by God, really. He's just so wonderful. <laughs> How many times have I said that already this week? Psalm 30. This is yet further evidence of how God, this great mighty King of glory, the Lord Almighty, the Lord of hosts, how he is the one who wants to be so involved in the daily circumstances of our lives. He actually wants us to to lift us out of the depths of despair, of sickness, of affliction, no matter what situation we're in. Here's a really encouraging message for any that feel that they're in trouble at this time. I will exalt you, O Lord, for you lifted me out of the depths and did not let my enemies gloat over me. O Lord my God, I called to you for help, and you healed me. O Lord, you brought me up from the grave. You spared me from going down to the pit. Now, clearly, David had had a near-death experience. It could have gone either way. But God has healed him. To bring him up from the grave suggests that he was on the very point of death. He was saved from going down to the pit of despair, of faded defeat. And so he says, Sing to the Lord, you saints of his, praise his holy name, for his anger lasts only for a moment but his favor lasts a lifetime. I love that verse. You know, I, I, the wonderful thing about the blood of Jesus is that it saves us from his, God's anger. And I, I, I think probably if we're honest, there are times when God would be justified in being angry with all of us. But you see, he is the God of grace. Through Jesus Christ, mercy and grace came in a fresh way, a new dimension. And even David, long before the coming of Jesus, he says his favor, his grace, his blessings last a lifetime. And sometimes we can feel that we've really messed up, we've done something that would quite justify God being angry with us. But the truth, the reality of the matter is that he wants to be gracious, he wants to be mercy, merciful, and his grace lasts a lifetime. Weeping may remain for a night. You know, when something really difficult has happened, you can lie awake and think and, and yes, weep and cry and feel really upset. But rejoicing comes in the morning, says David. After the tears, after the 
or the negativity. You just know the faithfulness of God, the love, care, concern, compassion of God. And so in the morning, there's rejoicing. It is so wonderful that God deals with us in such wonderful, wonderful ways. But David is always very, very honest, and he does go on to say that when you hid your face, I was dismayed. And there are times, Colin, when it does seem like God has hidden from us. Uh, yes, it sometimes seems when we're praying that the heavens are as brass. You know, we wonder if anything's getting through, if there's anybody at the other end. But I've explained, you know, that's just a feeling of the soul. Um, if you're crying out to God, he certainly does hear. And uh, you can be sure, as, as we saw in that uh, earlier psalm, if we wait upon the Lord, if we're patiently waiting upon the Lord, he will, in his faithfulness, answer us, and he will indeed deal with the need that we're trusting him about. Um, and so, you see, he ends that same psalm, Psalm 30, by saying, you turned my wailing into dancing, you removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy, that my heart may sing to you and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give you thanks forever. And that's it, you know. We begin to praise God, we work through the circumstances with him, and we end up praising God. It, it, this, this is the life of a believer, that we keep praising him, we rejoice in him always, we give thanks in all circumstances, because this is the will of God for us in Christ Jesus. And so even when he's in the middle of the mess, you see in Psalm 31, he says, In you, O Lord, I have taken refuge. Let me never be put to shame. Deliver me in your righteousness. Turn your ear to me. Come quickly to my rescue. Be my rock of refuge, a strong fortress to save me. Since you are my rock and my fortress, for the sake of your name, lead and guide me. Free me from the trap that is set for me, for you are my refuge. Into your hands I commit my spirit. Redeem me, O Lord, the God of truth. Now, the, the great truth here is, you see, several times in the previous Psalms, he's talked about the Lord being righteous. He's talked about him being a, a rock, a refuge, a strong fortress. All this imagery has been used several times over. But... David understands that these are not simply titles of God. They're not simply ways of describing the character of God. But this is how God really is. And this is how God is in relation to his people. So he's not just a rock. It's be my rock. Um, he, he is a strong fortress to save me, to deliver me, to protect me, to, to guide me. Uh, you see, it has real effect, positive, practical outworking in his life. And that's what we need to do. Not only believe what the scriptures say about God, about his nature, about his character, but to understand that no matter what he is, he wants to impact our lives with who he is. He wants to deal with us. So <clears throat> later in Psalm 31, and verse 9, David says, Be merciful to me, O Lord, for I am in distress. And he, he just goes on to explain the affliction 
uh, that, that he is experiencing. But you see, again, as I was saying yesterday, it's the mercy of God that David cries out for. He never says, well, you know, I'm your anointed one. Uh, I deserve something from you. No, it's always be merciful. We think of people like Bartimaeus who came up to Jesus uh, and said, um, son of David, have mercy upon me. You see, those who were coming to the Lord understood that what they needed to receive was his mercy, but his mercy was very practical. Through that mercy, sins were forgiven. Through that mercy, people were healed. Through that mercy, the people were taught. Through that mercy, God provided for them by feeding multitudes. The mercy of God is so practical. So in verse 14 of Psalm 31, David says, But I trust in you, O Lord. I say, you are my God. My times are in your hands. Deliver me from my enemies and from those who pursue me. Let your face shine on your servant. Save me in your unfailing love. Do not let me put to shame, O Lord, for I have cried out to you. You see, all the time he's saying, Lord, I know who you are. Now shine upon me with your grace. Let your light come flooding into the darkness that I'm experiencing now. I know you are the Savior. I know you love me. So save me in your unfailing love. You see, what he is praying for all the time is the outworking of what he knows. He says in verse 19, How great is your goodness, which you have stored up for those who fear you, which you bestow on the, in the sight of men, on those who take refuge in you. You see, that goodness that is stored up, it, it's there for you. It's there for me. It's there for any who take refuge in him. In the shelter of your presence, you hide them from the intrigues of men. In your dwelling, you keep them safe from accusing tongues. You see, all the time, David knows the reality of God, but he knows the reality of God working for him, working with him, being involved. And so he says in verse 23, Love the Lord, all you saints. The Lord preserves the faithful, but the proud he pays back in full. Be strong and take heart, all you who hope in the Lord. These are words for us today. This is a perfect psalm to read after a bad day in the office, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely, but that's true of many of the psalms. Uh, and, um, you know, uh, I, I was asked by, by a student this morning. We had a, a question time as we came to the end of, of term. And, and uh, this, this student said, how can... Uh, I I have a, a closer relationship with Jesus. And I said, well, how do you get a closer relationship with anyone? You spend time with them. You listen to them. And uh, you do the things that you know are going to build spiritual relationship. If anybody wants a, a closer relationship with the Lord, I say, well, read the Word of God. Read the Psalms. Read John's Gospel. Read the first letter of John. Read these these scriptures that talk about relationship, believe what you read, apply what you read to yourself personally so you realize that God is speaking to you. He's also speaking about you when he speaks of the one who saves and heals and delivers, the one who is there for us in his love, the one who is reaching out to us. Believe these scriptures are for you personally and you will come to know the Lord. You will, you will just draw closer to him and know him drawing closer to you. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 